Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another book club episode. Um, say hi, everyone. Do we have what? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> what? Sean, what, 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 what possessed you to allow him to, to, to host this show again? I don't know, but I'll never do it again. <laughs> oh, snap. Sorry. This I gave it a month. This was the bit. This is this is the bit. I thought you guys were actually. No, I thought you guys were actually like making commentary. I was like, oh, okay. Should I start over? Oh my god! <laughs> this. Sorry. I mean, this is, you should, this is, but you're not going to. <laughs> this is an out of commission train. It's so derailed right now. Ten seconds in, Marco, please. <laughs> start over. No! 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 Oh. Do this <laughs> I was just gonna start it like, uh, like, hey guys, like, welcome to another episode of the book club. We did the uh, Black Panther. You don't one. need to give us meta you commentary. S- you on started it. by saying, s- s- "Say hello, guys." You <laughs> 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 didn't yeah. tell them what, what we're doing, why we're here, who you are. The book club, Marco. We're please. here for the book club. It's the Comics <laughs> Pals book club. I'm gonna start over, guys. No, 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 no. Just do it live. Just say the right things now, immediately. There's no precedent for this. Yes, there is. Sean's going to be like that Bill O'Reilly. Sean's going to be like that Bill O'Reilly clip from the 90s. Fuck it. We'll do it live. That's what I I, I feel like Bill O'Reilly right now. Marco, please. Uh, So we are here to talk about Space Riders, uh, a comic book published by Black Mask, uh, created by Alexis Zirit, um, written by Fabian uh, Rangel Jr., and lettered by Ryan Ferrier. This was published back in, uh, first released in April of 2015. Um, so we're going to take you guys through just sort of the, the overall story, some of the characters, uh, look into sort of the dynamics that we that we have in this book, um, and then we're, we're going to touch upon the art. Uh, before we do any of that, I want to make sure you guys know, uh, if you have any other suggestions for any future book clubs, like let us know. Please reach out. You can hit us up anywhere uh, at the Comics Pals all over social media uh hit us up on give us a comment on uh youtube we've been getting a lot there recently uh if you want to send out an email the comics pals at gmail.com um where we like to be sent emails you know we're we're hungry boys and we like the attention uh so going into that guys so wait we were supposed to read space writers oh did you read common writer that's a no, common mistake. That's okay. I, mean, I definitely did. I read one of your high school mangas that you always talk about so much. Which one? I, think the, I read it, the wrong one. It, it Which was one? called Mur- Murphy No Hentai. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh boy, I'm No, you do know there there is a Kimi No Hentai. I don't fuck. All right, I mean, Marco, yeah, did of you course. You know that is. that your job as the host is to to keep <laughs> us on track to talk about the book. Let's talk about Space Riders. Well, first off, uh, I'm going to start Phil, off with. Kale, what did you Phil, think? Phil, let's it? see let's see if we can derail the conversation as much as we possibly can. Okay. <laughs> That's what I challenge Sean with every weekend. <laughs> so just um, like first impressions. Uh, I I'm gonna be honest here. I've I've uh I've been looking forward to reading this book for a really long time and I was actually kinda disappointed. Right. Um there, there just there wasn't a lot of substance to it which is sort of something i have come to expect from black mask titles 
um it's it's very action-packed and it's very it's very colorful the art is it, it is good it, it certainly has its own style uh but there are places where it, like a lot of the um the anatomy and the shapes aren't quite clear um but uh, like for it's a it's a really novel concept it just it, it i was just hoping to spend more time with it and i just kind of breezed through it and i like it wasn't there wasn't much substance to it pete yeah i'm i'm aligned with kale's uh sentiments like entirely um i don't really even think there's much more i can say to that that isn't part of the like spoiler discussion i guess but in terms of like initial impressions yeah i um i i enjoyed it enough but i it definitely didn't leave a big impression on me um i know that there's another sequel or there's a sequel series that i think just began and um it's wrapping up okay or it's galaxy, just wrapping up, yeah galaxy Bra- brutality and uh i can't say that this really compelled me to check it out like i i had the feeling of like yeah i want more of this but not more of it necessarily that i want to read another arc that i felt like i needed more from what was there like there was a lot that i thought was cool and um and a lot that was just like fun ideas or fun concepts but i didn't really feel like they amounted to anything that felt like super significant to me and i think my biggest criticism is definitely um the thing that kale said about the art and not that the art is bad the art is to me um if i'm being honest it's the reason to show up but it i think i've been really trying to formulate how to say what i feel about it without sounding like flippant or dismissive of alexis and he's a phenomenal artist but I feel like his style is more suited to something like album covers or like t-shirts or like art art versus like a comic. Because I, I definitely agree with what Kale was saying about specifically form. Like there are a few moments in the book where I wasn't sure what was happening. And I, I had to like really look at it and figure out what I was looking at. And, and that's a huge problem. Um, but I think the color work specifically was really, really good. Uh, in terms of using the color to, like, express emotion and, like, set uh, a scene. Um, it was, that was really effective. Cool. Uh, Sean? Well, uh, fortunately, I have to agree with Kale and Pete. I <clears throat> was really looking forward to this. Uh, I was so excited to read this. Um, I had never read anything from Black Mask. At least I don't think, I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um... And this was not a great, like, first at-bat. Um, it, it was, I don't know, it felt like, uh, shoot, um, I don't want to be rude. Uh, it's That's like, if okay, so everybody has a friend, right, who has, like, their sweet idea for a comic, and yeah, yeah, yeah. none of them are good, and this felt like that to me. Um... This felt like something that anyone could have come up with. Like, there are a million comic books that are like this in terms of the actual idea. Um, I liked the Spanish flavor, like, you know, Capitan, you know, and, like, all that stuff. I liked all that. I thought that was cool. 
Danny um, Trejo in space. <laughs> but yeah, th- there's just the- like Pelero was like a fun leading man, but not much to yeah, it. Yeah, and and there was no, there wasn't any depth. There was no meat on the bones. Like I think Kale said, you you can really like flip through it real fast. I finished it faster than I've ever finished any like graphic novel of anything. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. that was disappointing. And I don't know. There, it, by the end of it, I didn't even it, like it left no impression on me. I went back to thinking about um, Interstellar, which I had just watched. Like I, I just immediately forgot <laughs> what I read. Like it just, I don't. It didn't do anything for me at all. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't get anything out of it. Cool, Phil. You know, there's two analogies that come to mind after reading this. <clears throat> after my Here last, comes. after my last major breakup. This book was a lot like the women I was seeing then. Very beautiful and nice to look at, but not much between the ears. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! <laughs> wow! Um, I'm sorry, whoever that was. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they're not listening to this. Um, but also, it was kind of like a Marvel uh, MCU movie. Not not like the higher end ones, but like. You watch it for an hour and a half to two hours. That's it. And, they're, you know, they're very competently made. And I thought this was competently made. And the real selling point of this book is the art. The art is really, really, really dope. I can't emphasize that enough. And um, a lot of the designs and stuff are really creative. The uh, the ship they fly is fucking cool as shit. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. The colors are great. <laughs> Uh, it's just there's not much substance to the dialogue, like, <clears throat> but you know what? There's a lot of movies. Uh, Kale brought up Danny Trejo, where it's just dumb action, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it is what it is, and it's unapologetic at that. Uh, I think going in with unreasonable expectations, expecting all this uh, depth is, um, not everything needs to be that way, you know, and. Sure. I had a good time reading it. It was dumb. It was fast. And just like those relationships, it was a good fling. Okay. I must have I must have misheard. I I, I thought I should I, I just got out of the shower, so I thought I should check for water in my ears. Um Phil, you, you must have you must have meant it's more like the X-Men movies where there's nothing happening. The, the dialogue is bad. And <laughs> I think, uh, Maybe you should wash out your ears more. <laughs> like, dry out your ears, I guess. You should dry out, Kale. I, I think the thing that really <clears throat> kind of, like, bugged me about the story itself was, like, building off the point that Sean made, right, of that it, it feels like it feels like the idea is kind of half-baked. Like, I feel like it feels more like someone telling you about their pitch for a comic than, like, actually getting into what it wanted to explore. Because, like, Phil, you said, like, it, it it's dumb fun and it knows what it is. I don't really feel like that's how it takes itself, though. Like, there are parts of it that are dumb fun, but it also, like, hints at, like, conflict and emotional narrative that's supposed to, like, I think feel heavy and it just doesn't, like, get there. Yeah, like, the whole you know, dynamic between 
Pelligro and, you know, his, his first mate, the former first mate and everything, and, like, the stuff it says about religion, and it's, like, but it just, like, it's just, like, flashes of these things. Like, I feel like we don't really get into any of it in a way that, like, allows it to say anything. No, you're not wrong. Marco, what do you think of it? So, for me, um, I was super high on this book, um, like, the moment I got it. I'm a huge fan of, like, that underground style. Uh, so, for me... Uh, totally, Kale. To your point, like the form, the forms are off. the The body contortions are are sort of odd. There's different sort of scales going on, but that's also like uh, I like I, that. My, yeah, the perception for me was that like that's the charm of an underground comics, and yeah. to some extent, the those are done deliberately. And uh, I, I'm actually glad you guys brought up like the story or lack thereof because um, like we'll, we'll we'll jump into like full spoilers now, but um when Alexis and Fabian first came up with this idea, their intention was to not put a story in, was to bare bones and just action. So with that, like they've mentioned this in previous interviews um, that they've done it. The the purpose of this book was not for you to get anything out of it necessarily. It was just to sort of blow through, have that action. And just, that was it. That was the story. And that was what they presented to you. So does that at all affect anything in the way you guys are thinking yeah, yeah. I, for me, it's just like, well, what's the point? It doesn't. I mean, it's just there isn't. Well, like, it's okay. I, Not everything needs a point. I I don't agree with that. I think everything does need a point, and I think that if you're gonna try to sell me on something that's pure action, it better look immaculate. And for me, this didn't. Like, I agree with Kale. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna have a point then the art better be really great and anatomy better be on point and it just better be it has to be something really beautiful and i didn't really get that from this like uh, i've seen so many album covers for metal bands in the 80s that look exactly like this art style and i feel like that art style is better left there for me and and even still like you can you can do a book that's 100 percent action but have a, a good solid story and this just like this just didn't have it like issue two for me was the biggest uh the biggest uh crime crime or criminal uh <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> like this this whole thing about the wizard you know since we're in full we are yes. in full full spoilers here the wizard is just like like okay fine she's she's a hot alien babe fine oh. a hot green alien babe no Donna, less Donna Gamora yeah, yeah also yeah. every woman that Kirk like, ever made out with in Star Trek yeah <laughs> I just like uh, there should have been more there that whole that whole dynamic was just like so weak and thin I I wrote in my notes I wrote Barbara has no had basically no dialogue. Deus Ex naked chick. <laughs> yeah, well that whole scene was just to uh So sidekicks, where are you from? Two pages yeah. of exposition. Let's get out of here. Wait. Kiss me before I regret it. <laughs> and like Yeah. And, and like, like <laughs> she doesn't even show up later. 
No, she doesn't. <laughs> she does. Yep. She shows up to fix the ship that they crashed on this planet for with no magic. reason. With magic. So, so we with magic. <laughs> with so we space magic. <laughs> so we could have a backstory info dump, and then the, and then like that was another thing was the pacing, and th- this scene is the best example of the weird ass pacing of this book, right? So we get the the two like b- one page backstories for these characters, right? Three panels or whatever it is. Then it cuts to the next morning with no other, like, no context, like, no shot of them actually having a conversation. Just, well, tell me your backstory. The backstory. Cut to this morning. They make a joke about how he likes his coffee like he likes his space black and endless. Funny joke. I'll give it to you. But then the next fucking thing, and it's the next line, is just, all right, and then later. Well, the ship is fixed. You are actually a wizard. Let's kiss. Yeah. My Um, favorite... What? My favorite <laughs> piece of dialogue is actually from this issue. And it's where <laughs> it's where Capitan is like, why'd they listen to you? And Donna's like, because I'm a wizard. That's why. <laughs> Allow me to demonstrate, handsome. This spell will repair your ship, but it'll take all night. That's it. Like, just... like the, it doesn't. Why will it take all night? Why would I believe you? Because it's going to take all night. Because I'm a wizard. Maybe you just zap my ship. Like, <laughs> And, like, also, like, there's... I, I feel like there are so many things that I expected to become points of drama that are just not anything. And that was one of them where I was like, is anyone going to question her intentions? Is she, like, secretly evil? Like, nope. no. Just day sex, chicken and fucking bikini. Okay, cool. And then, like, there was that point in issue three of a four-issue series... Where they recap, you know what, guys? I had trouble trusting people because my partner betrayed me. But you know what? Remember that stuff that happened last issue? I trust you guys now. We're 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 hermanos, okay? And that's and it's like all right. That's cool. the strongest thread through this series. Um, but it's like even with um, what, what was the first mate's name? Mono or Hammerhead? Mono, yeah. Where it's like his religion keeps coming up, and it's like. For no reason. Like, it doesn't go anywhere. There's no conflict about it. Like, he, like, the, the fucking Capitan makes, like, some, some like, comments about it. But, like, there's no, like, friction. He's never offended by it. Like, and then they go to the space and it's like, oh, this is my mecha. And I'm like, how do you know what mecha is? You're a space baboon. Like, why do you understand that obscure Earth reference? Like, that's not a good idiom to describe what we're talking about. And it's just like... <laughs> yeah, and, and then and, uh, oh, and then the art where they're going over his body, and it's like I wonder what killed him, and it's like, and then like oh, that's what killed him, and it's like I guess that's a big hole. It basically was just a black shadow, and uh, it's just like <laughs> I don't know, man. You mentioned you mentioned the backstories, and normally in a comic where someone tells you their backstory, it's like oh wow, you know that's amazing what you went through, like when Mono's telling yeah. the story. <laughs> It's like, wow, you went through something really harrowing, right? So he tells his whole backstory in the one page, and then the very next line of dialogue is, your turn, Yara. Like, yeah. they don't even acknowledge <laughs> what Mono said about his, doc- his background. It's just immediately <laughs> to the next one. And hers was like two panels long of just like, I, w- I was left abandoned, and I got hired. Yes. My, my planet exploded, well, and then I got a job. Well, yeah. Remember, listen, she shot lasers out of her titties. That was special. 
Oh, dude. And then, like, please. I also feel like every fight scene, it was broadcasted where he's like, all right, it's your turn to show how you fight. You oh, know? Like, yeah. It's like, why don't we sit back and watch you fight these dumb natives? Well, the first so- the first two fights are that, where he's just like, okay, Mono, go deal with that. Yeah. Yada, go deal with that. Like, deliberately not trying to help. Like, what if they died? You don't know them. You just <laughs> met them. So you have no idea what their capabilities are at all, but you're just going to let them solo this. And if they die, they die. I think I think this, you know, this robot in the second issue that comes across them trying to kill a space whale? Space whale? Yeah. I think he's sitting on a toilet. Um, is it a toilet no why would anyone is it it is oh christ you gotta go you gotta go why would why would anyone model their ship after a human toilet because when they see the toilet coming they know they're fucked (laughs) (laughs) they know they're going down the drain there you go (laughs) they know they're getting flushed oh man not bad guys so, um, well, wait, wait, wait. I felt like <laughs> Captain Pettigrew was a Peligro. total Peligro. Sorry, was a total wish fulfillment character for Zerit, and uh, <laughs> it's just like I make out with the hot chicks. I'm a hard ass, and no one crosses me. I have the cool one liner. Badass as shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sick beard and like he's a male wish fulfillment character. Yeah. So the. Uh... So the overarching story is, uh, it's very very light, thin. But it, yeah, <laughs> but it's basically it's like the plot of a video game from the NES era. <laughs> no, totally. It's so worse. Uh, essentially, it's yeah. just Mario's got better plots. <laughs> There's more drama there and romantic tension. It's true. Uh, so uh, it deals with uh, Capitan Peligro. There was a large war. He was betrayed by uh, his former first mate, Hammerhead. He uh, was then rescued uh, by the uh, by his other partners within the Earth Interplanetary Space Force, uh, like their space police, uh, which are the space riders. And he gets a psychological a psychological evaluation. He's deemed unfit for duty, waits a year, and then Mono comes in, shows up, and like the rest of the story starts. Uh, he's tasked with completing a mission by himself, not going out. Three missions three, by himself. Three missions by himself. No, well, he has to do a mission by himself, and he there's like three sub-tasks to each. So one of them is to complete a mission by himself, not call for backup, and then not go after uh, Hammerhead. Um, so you guys mentioned the pacing of the story. How did you guys feel uh, where the story was sort of set up in the beginning but it basically wasn't touched until the very last issue like the that story wasn't actually uh continued there was just constant breaks in between there was just it would dive into something else for for me um i like i had really enjoyed that just because it takes you out and it sort of throws you for a loop around i guess this world or this universe um what did you guys feel about the way that it was the story was set up that it was intercut and then it actually picked up at the last issue knowing that there was that lack of substance that would be fine if what happened in the middle was captivating it 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 never gripped me enough to be like well okay so where's the resolution of the other stuff that was happening before and like it was also really strange 
and pretty, you know, coincidental that Hammerhead ends up being involved in the ultimate, you know, scheme. Like, of course, Hammerhead would factor in at the end simply because we need this guy to get his payback. Like, for no other reason. Hammerhead could not have possibly retired or been in another galaxy or anything like that. He had to be there at that moment. And that, that really... Yeah, yeah. Just And so... uh yeah, to answer your question, the the middle parts felt like fluff. They didn't feel like meaningful stuff that takes you out of wondering about that other the, the other elements of the story. Yeah, it's like I <laughs> to I guess take it back to that that point I made before is I think my problem is that like it feels like the book like wants to have substance, but it doesn't. And like instead of just being like, "Hey, like, like, if the narrative of the story had been Pelligro gets decommissioned, he's back, he has the new first mate, we're gonna right this wrong or whatever and get you back and let you be a space rider again, okay? And, like, it was just, let's go do a mission. And the mission was not tied up with all this, like, backstory with his ex-first mate and the father, and it's just, like... All of these relationships are were told that they're important, but I don't understand why they're important. Like, he was his first mate, and he betrayed him because I grew to hate you. Why? <laughs> why? And then, because of that, this ancient evil tapped into his brain. So it's like, was he being mind-controlled? Like, and then, all of a sudden, he just explains the villain's plan to him, because he's like, you know what? I know I said I hate you, but you were my best friend at one time. So here's the, here's the setup for the second series. It's like, why? And, like, the thing with his dad, where he just shows yep. up and it's like, you have to admit you don't believe in ghosts. And it's like, I know what I saw. And then his dad just shows <laughs> up and he's like, give him a promotion. As, I'm a ghost. And yeah, he as a ghost. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and then the guy's just like, you heard the man. It's like, really? No one's going to react to the fact that there's a fucking ghost? And also, and also, he immediately turns down the promotion. <laughs> so it's like, why even do it? <laughs> Cause, cause I, I honestly thought it was cause, I, I honestly thought it was cause, um, the, just cause Capitan sounds better than Coronel. Like literally that's the only reason. <laughs> I was actually going to bring that scene up as like the dumbest part of the whole book where it's just like. With the ghost? Yeah. And he just shows up and he's like, <laughs> that's my boy. Give him a promotion. <laughs> And then, the, and then, and the, then the thing where he said, "I'm sorry," the wish fulfillment thing, though, where it's like, "I'm proud of you, son." He's like, "I never thought I'd hear you say that." No, it's like, "Oh my god!" Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are we doing here, man? <laughs> so, for... sorry, Go Mark. Ahead. Can I bring one thing up? Back on um, what? I think it was either Pete or Sean who were talking about uh, the mission that he's tasked with. I was just looking he's back. He's not even like tasked with a mission. He's not even he... tasked with a mission. Yara, yeah, Yara, like, go do a mission. Yara actually says uh, you have to complete three. Uh, you must complete three missions without requesting reinforcements. Told you. But like, and then at the end, what are the missions? Like, well, you, well, then they're like, oh, well, you killed the guy who stabbed you in the eye, so you've regained your honor. You Which don't need to do that. supposed to missions. do? Because they were like, the yeah, right, I was like, well, the third, like the third rule. And then, and, and then like, the robot chick's like, fuck him up. <laughs> at the end, that was the best yeah, part. Was. Where she goes, she goes, fuck him up. 
sir. <laughs> it's like the missions are like what what you imagine. Like you're on the you know the the playground playing like James Bond, and you're like, okay, your first mission is to go over there and pick up that stick. And it's like it's not even that. It's like ah, uh, these are your these are your missions, but uh, you know missions. They didn't even say these are your missions. They just said do missions. Yeah. Do things. Well, or like, come on. I'm sorry. What I say that to Sean like... every day. All right, Sean, do a mission. <laughs> and he says, excuse me, call me Capitan. And I say, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what's do you know what my favorite uh my favorite line though? Like you said, the the little like flavors of like him just like throwing in the Spanish insults and stuff. My favorite part was when he's in the jail cell and the guy's like, You're not so tough without your gun and your ship and he just fucking headbutts him and he's just like, How tough do I look now, Bendejo? It's just like That's good. It was so good. It's good. It's, it's great. Like, no, it was. It was awesome. Like, and it's such a cool scene because it's just like this intense fucking shot of him just nailing this guy in the forehead and his like teeth fly out. Hey, it's ridiculous. All your weapons are disabled and you're surrounded. Fuck it. My father wouldn't have surrendered and neither would I. And you can't stop the ghost maker. <laughs> this fucking like that might as well be dialogue from the comic. <laughs> I think it was. Close. That's almost a direct quote. Like, so, uh, you guys mentioned like the the Spanish influences on it. Um, how was that for you guys? Like, was that did that add anything? Did that take anything away? Um, did you guys know the words? <laughs> the I mean, yeah, I took high school Spanish. I I learned how to swear in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was mostly like very easy words, so it's like pretty easy. But I remember it was like the very first time he used a Spanish word, I like didn't read it properly, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, and I, I don't remember what it was, but it was something easy like "vamos" or something like that, and I was just Vamanos. like, "Lamos?" Like, is this an alien thing? And it's just like, oh, sh- oh, okay. But then once I once I realized it was Spanish, it never happened to me again. You know, like I, I I started like hearing him with a with a Spanish accent, and mm-hmm. then it was like okay. No, the cool oh, that's, thing that's really the, interesting. The cool thing about the book is the fucking Santa Muerta, and it's got a great name. It's got a bit. <laughs> it's a big ass skull. Uh, and when he gets it back, and he's just like, "Mi amor." Yeah. <laughs> oh, just I like, love yes, it. Yes, it's so awesome. <laughs> the so Spanish stuff lot... helps enhance the book for sure. Definitely. So there was a lot of like iconography there. Um, just... There's so many sugar skulls. Yeah, Day of the Dead, yeah. baby. Uh, I mean, not just that, but like, uh, also there were moments where they would relate a lot to like folk Catholicism within Central America. So, like the the skull itself being called Santa Muerte is a reference to the. Um, it's not the version, but it is a, a deity within, uh, largely within like Mexico, Guatemala, like that kind of area area, um, where that is like versus believing in a jesus or god there is a belief within uh this deity um and stuff with like the uh the pyramid towards the end reflecting back to like uh aztec stuff within central america there was a moment at the end uh like where the the giant gods right were destroyed um so this all like said it sort of fills up the world um what else do you guys feel that if at all flesh this out to any uh, to any like extent for me the only thing that really did was like the the last bit of the last issue 
where they start coming back together with the the full plot like you know he gets his vengeance on hammerhead and we kind of get uh, a through line on satanus and and uh whatever the big bad was the space god or whatever like that that was interesting and and that really helped forward the plot but it like that said like that's really all i felt that fleshed out the narrative what about like the world was there anything in particular there no <laughs> no i mean like like the like it it fleshes out the narrative but like nothing ever really fleshes out the world yeah, the only thing that really <clears throat> made me get a sense of, like, what the world was like at all was really briefly in that first issue where he was, like, at that pub and it was, like, kind of, um, you know, like, uh, I guess, futurist view of, like, like uh, southern desert America. or something. Yeah, yeah. well, and, like, everything was in Spanish. Like, it definitely looked like it was, like, a futurist, like, South American country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, but that's so brief. And then the rest of the time you're in space and most of the time we spend in space is, like, in the ship or in the void or like on that alien planet for like two pages. So it's like, I don't really get a sense of what the world's like, except for the fact that there appear to be human beings, animal people, and people that have skulls for faces, like in jars. Yeah, baby. There was like that fetus person, like a guy with like a fetus for a head and stuff like that. Kale? Just weird, just weird shit. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and this... but then there are also these giant like monolith gods that are interesting but yeah i mean that's the most you can give it really an elephant people. Yeah, we don't really know anything about them except they existed and they died what i you know what i liked about this book honestly is it felt like i was at a music venue and i found a comic on the table when i walked in i picked it up it was hyper stylized not much substance but punk as fuck uh it was just like I I I feel like uh, I'm I'm coming off critical, but I I it's novel, and <clears throat> I think there's niches to it, like the Latin quality, where I, there's a lot of ideas here that are just kind of haphazardly thrown through panel through panel, and maybe the execution was off, but I I liked it for what it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't, like, dislike it. Like, I know we're, like, poking holes in it and making fun of it a little bit. But it's, like, I it wasn't like it, like, I hated it. I just didn't feel like there was much to grab onto. You know? Sean? Uh, well, what's the question? I'm sorry. Was there anything to, like, that for you fleshed out <sighs> the world or the narrative in any way? No. Uh, I felt like the the world that they were in was very undefined. Like, to me, literally anything could have been on the next panel, and it wouldn't have been a surprise, which isn't, <laughs> like, that's not a good thing in my mind. I, I should have a general idea of what's going to happen, or what, what can be expected. <clears throat> and then, um, as far as fleshing out the plot, I feel the same way. There was, there's a particular moment, I think it's an issue too, where they go from, they literally go from one situation that they're in, to the next yeah, they the fight. Page. Yeah, and, yeah, and like, there's no break. There's nothing. Nothing. There's no like calming moment. It's just like, okay, we just dealt with these space hog riding pirates, the, the Vikers, right? And now we're in this <laughs> red cloud that, for some reason, 
makes me crazy, and I accidentally broke the navigator, <laughs> so now we're going to crash land. Like, it, it was just like everything just happening so fast. There was nothing to latch on to, really. Um, and uh, it just didn't feel like the writer really cared about conveying anything that the reader would like <laughs> like, like for example i just looked through the first two issues and maybe i maybe i missed it but i didn't see anywhere where they said what the eisf was like did they say that early on they did yeah they did no yeah no only, it was only the at, towards the end uh the last issue where they're in the attack everything else is just it just has the the actual initials but it's never actually spelled out until issue four all it says is that when it's introduced, all it says is the headquarters of the EISF. Right. And like that immediately stuck out to me as like, okay, I don't know what the hell this is. And I should, I should know from the first time it's, it's mentioned what this is because then every time after that, I'm thinking about it and that's pulling me out of the book. And there were so many things that I had to think about that. I couldn't really focus on the actual like content and try to get invested because they weren't giving me what would cause me to invest. And when you said earlier about them deliberately not wanting to put too much of a focus on the story, like I think we've, we've all read a comic book like that. We've all probably seen a movie like that, but there's still keystones that you, that you, you know, that you grasp onto. There's still hooks there. If you ever read a comic book where it's all literally a one fight scene or several fight scenes, and that's all there is, the story is being told through the bodies. You know, the story is being told through the faces, through through all that. And this this didn't even have that for me. Yeah, there are there are Dragon Ball Z episodes where Goku and Frieza are standing there screaming at each other that have more well, plot that's, substance. That's not what this standard. is. It's an episode of DBZ almost. But that's what Kale's even saying, though. It's like, <clears throat> it's almost that, but it's not. Like, it's yeah. not actually, like, it doesn't have the dynamics in place because they're just telling you things. Because it's like, not to, like, harp on this DBZ example, right? But, like, when Goku and Frieza, that episode where they're screaming at each other for a bunch, like, Frieza has just previously killed his best friend. Like, yeah. there's substance there. Like, there's, a, there's an emotional connection to why there's rage and why there's this emotion, not just, like... I think the thing that you said that really stuck out to me, Sean, just now was it reminded me of um, the uh, the documentary they did with the South Park guys about like how they make South Park, and they're talking about like like um, tips for like writing a script, right? And he's like, and if if your script is filled with sentences that are, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, like that's a bad script. And I feel like that's what happens here is that it is just event after event after event and they don't really feel connected and I don't see a through line. It's not like this happens, so then this happens because this happened. It's just we're just running through a series of events that don't really feel connected. No, totally. Uh, I agree in that these events, they're they're not connected by any any means like to to what sean said in the first issue they literally went from running away from the vikers to hitting a cloud to crashing to a planet like totally um and and sort of to to phil's point it's sort of that like more raw sort of aesthetic of just not necessarily caring and just plowing through this um so there is like uh, not a ah what's the word i'm looking for there's like it's not a disconnect, but it's not like a paradox necessarily within it. 
of the way that it's being executed. Um, I'm trying to find the word. It's escaping me. Well, what's the general idea? The general idea is that... It's a car it, crash book. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, totally. It just streamlines you through, pushes you through stuff for you to just experience more so than get anything out of it, which has its downsides and its sort of upsides. If that makes any sense. But if you're going to have yeah. dialogue in a book, like, wouldn't you want it to be good? Like, if, like wouldn't you wouldn't you want to put in the, I, I mean, I mean that in all sincerity, no, like if, like if you're, if you don't want to have a story, that's fine. But then if you're going to include dialogue, wouldn't the point be to make the most use out of it and not just like throw stuff out there for seemingly no reason? Like, like that point would resonate more with me. If the stuff that was present was like top notch level, creative stuff you know like i I don't know sean's pragmatism kills me because every time he asks a very logical question like that it makes me laugh my ass off because everything he's saying is a hundred percent valid totally (laughs) (laughs) it's just really funny i just feel like why did they try to tell like an epic story in four issues like this like why couldn't we just have been told one of these stories like him getting to know the crew, him getting revenge on Hammerhead, him trying to honor his father. Like, any of these things would have made for a really easy, simple, like, like in the same way that Avengers tells the very simple story of bad guy comes, alien or aliens attack Earth, superheroes unite to fight alien, right? Like, that's a super simple, or like Lord of the Rings, right? It's good versus evil. Like, you can do a really simple narrative like that that's, like, one-dimensional and have it be fun and, and digestible like this. I, but this, it just feels like they're throwing, like, six different threads at me, but none of them ever go anywhere or come to fruition. It feels like I'm fucking watching American Horror Story again. You know, it's just like, you're just you're just introducing stuff and expecting me to keep up without really telling me why it matters or why I should care about it or if I should care about it. And if I shouldn't care about it, like, if that's the point, why am I reading it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think, no, I think that's totally valid. Um, and to sort of, unfortunately, a good summary for this book. Um, uh, I mean, with that, like, th- that's basically all there is to this story. Uh, that's all there is to this plot. So... We can move on to the like the actual individual characters just to knock them out one by one. So first off, impressions of Capitan Peligro. I feel like we've talked about him a lot. Yeah, like, Danny Danny Trejo in space, like. Yeah, Oscar <laughs> Will you know, West fulfillment male fantasy character. All right, there you go. Is that that's just the general consensus there? Yeah. Huh. All right. He's fucking badass. Like I'll give him that. Like he's cool. But there's not much to him. Totally. And there's not much to any of these characters. So Like, he's, he's <laughs> like, very much like a... No, you're right. Like, they're thin. Like, he's, like, very much like a Duke Nukem. You know? Oh, like, that's he's a great like, equation. Uh, equivalency. He's like, I'm gonna put my boot in your ass. Hell like, that's, yeah. like, his whole thing. You know? It's like... And literally, he yells that. How many scenes are there where he's just <laughs> flying his ship and he's like, Fuck yeah! It's like, okay. Like, yeah. Guys, that's what we're doing. the more we talk about this book, the more I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, kind of the same. It's a fun ride, man. I'll give him that. Like, it was something. So, so, um, let's talk about Hammerhead. I mean, he, it's, 
the least uh, we can. Hold on. Yeah, what would you like us to say about Hammerhead? Because he's a bad guy. Hammerhead I, is an action figure. That I got. I got. I got Cheech Marin in space. <laughs> Ooh, a fun game. Hammerhead as voiced by Cheech Marin. <laughs> but seriously, Hammerhead is just for plot. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Guy sounds like a street sharks villain. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be a villain. He'd be a hero. He'd be, like he'd be a street shark. <laughs> he'd be a street shark. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So, um, Hammerhead is. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That's probably enough. That's I enough. Mean. Uh, so next up is Mono. Uh, so he he, he, he was. Um, I think the only character who potentially had kind of a backstory, like um, he was a former, uh, like uh, a former war. Dude, he was a gorilla. He massacred war gorilla. Yeah, straight out of Latin America, dude. G U E R, gorilla. No, I know. Are you sure? It's uh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, He's he's a baboon. And gorillas are in Africa. I can't tell if he's trolling right now. Honestly, I, this is, okay. This is like the worst this is ever because that was a <laughs> that was an A plus joke delivery from Phil and I. Yeah, I know, and I know. <laughs> and Marco walked all over it. Yes. So he like is you, the only character who has this, right. So he's the only character that has any s- semblance of a backstory. Um, what did you guys think of him as a first mate and as like sort of somebody for? I guess Captain Capitan to bounce off. I like that he cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. I like that um, he just isolated himself to pray. He's he's like, hey, where's Mono? And he's like, uh, he he isolated himself to go pray. Okay, cool. He's praying or some shit. <laughs> and then when he sees the elephants, he has many questions. We're like, yeah, not now. We got plot to go through. <laughs> Oh, so those that's that scene perfectly exemplified how I felt about this entire book. <laughs> Just me being like, I have so many questions. They're like, not now, Pete. Not now. <laughs> so <laughs> actually, that uh, that scene, the elephants, they resembled peregrinos, which are this like again within the folk Catholicism, uh, these people who pilgrim. Like, there's a, there's a mass pilgrimage to a specific church, specific churches, and there's a really famous one in Mexico where like people. Uh, wear similar getups and like crawl on their hands and feet up into like this this large uh, church. So uh, just anecdote there, but just huh. continue on. Uh, Sean, that's cool. Uh, I have no opinion of Mono. Honestly, like I guess I get what they were going for, but <clears throat> nothing landed. Like okay, he's religious. So, so, yeah. so he's religious. That's like I it. it was, Mono is. I thought it was, it was cool Mono that he was a baboon. <laughs> yeah, literally everybody in this everybody in this book is, just is is like that's it. This book literally Listen, is space writers. Is Sean's recording just broke because you made that joke. Oh my god! <laughs> it broke because <laughs> it broke it broke because dark side is. That's we right. cannot do this again. <laughs> So oh, last <laughs> last is Yara. More like empty life. Yara is uh, again a character that is in this book. Yes, she shoots lasers oh. out of her titties. 
Yeah, why does why does a robot wear a bikini? Why is she wearing a thong? Because male fulfillment. Yeah, he wants to fuck uh, the robot lady. He totally does. But he I mean, who, who? It's a robot. I mean, listen, who doesn't? There was one Maybe. panel where she was drawn with yeah. a very nice ass, and I was Come like, on. "Yeah, man, he just wants to fuck the robot." No, and I'll tell was, I'll tell you was... another thing. It it was a very like, uh, porny shot too because she's she's like making coffee and yeah. she's wearing like her thong. Yeah. Oh. And all we get is like that butt shot. Yeah. yeah. He wants to fuck the I've robot. Never heard that before. <laughs> so, <laughs> summing it I'm up, I'm more of a I'm more of a green wizard. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to fuck Gamora. <laughs> Space wizards. So the characters just are here. Like there is nothing to really grasp onto, other than they just make badass quotes. Um, and <laughs> they're quit machines. Like I mean, they're I literally mean, just and, like for me. That they're way. action. They're action figures with buttons on the back with like catchphrases programmed into them. You know, like, that, that works yeah. for me though. And even still, Capitan uh, Peligro and uh, Hammerhead were the best ones, like, as far as that goes. Like, almost no one else had anything good. Yara had that one line, like, that's it. Yeah, go fuck him up, Captain. (laughs) Or sir, sorry, that was great. She's very subservient (laughs) to the man that wants to fuck her. Okay. (laughs) So, well, let's jump into the art before Phil says something. And then you pause for a <laughs> Yeah. The more dead air you create, Come on, the more man. I'm I gave it to shit. you. I what gave it to of... you. Can we please? Can we please? <laughs> All right, so, the art. For me, uh, like you guys said, this is like the only selling point. Um, and for me, it largely was. Uh, it is very, very reminiscent. And it's actually dedicated uh, largely to uh, Jack Kirby. Uh, it's it's uh, emblematic of his style. He also throws in a lot of, uh, as I mentioned, like at the top, uh, the underground sort of stylings, weird forms, weird shapes, uh, super bright colors, very very uh, trippy just backgrounds in general. Um, what did you guys think of? And and you guys, and and uh, Kale opened up with this, but what did you think about how that fit within this book? How did it serve the the story, if at all? I think for the purposes of the book, like it works, like the the metal Jack Kirby scene. Like, I don't think there would be like if if this was the story you really wanted to tell, this would be how you would do it. And I think it was wholly appropriate. I just don't think it was necessarily ex- executed super well. Um, it was inconsistent. It, that's that's a lot better way to put it yeah it was it was very inconsistent um like pete brought up that um there you know there was that giant space god that took up like you know it, it was like three pages right like it as it was traveling the um i read it on my ipad so i wasn't sure if it was actually taking three pages or not but i don't think it was three pages but it was three panels of them flying up him you yeah, know it was like at yeah. least a page or so it's three pages of, it is, is actually it? Three okay. Okay. Um, like that. That, and and maybe this was because I I read it differently, you know, than I should have. But like the the scale of that didn't quite play for me. 
<clears throat> it was too um, sketchy. Like he felt the god felt formless. And yeah, and and I couldn't really tell what I should be looking at, other than the Santa Muerte. Um, Sean, I um, I to be really honest, I don't I don't really have anything good to say about the art. Um, I I thought like at best it was at its best it looked outdated and better suited for another medium and at worst it looked rushed and kind of you know inconsistent not clear on what i'm actually looking at there are actually a a couple of panels in the first issue i think actually throughout the throughout the run where i was just like what is what even is this like i don't where i was just like really looking at it to figure out what it was and when I do that, if I'm if I'm really looking at something, it's because it's beautiful and I want to see all the intricate details. That's good, you know. But in this case, it's like I'm really looking at it to figure out what the heck is even on the page, and that took that took me out of it. Yeah, like in the first issue, I think there's like that first conversation they're having where he's being interviewed and he's like in the wall and he's the exact same color as the wall and the rest of the ships. And there's a bubble going to him talking, and I thought it was coming out of the computer screen until the next panel where they actually show him strapped down. And I went back to look for him, and I was like, "Oh, what the f- like? That's him!" Like, yeah. And the same Yara's the same, also the same color. And to offset that, there's a black and green screen like between them. Yeah, that doesn't serve any purpose. So like, and it just yeah, like has a skull on it. The color, the coloring could use more work i guess and there were times with like some of the creature designs too i thought they were really bad like there's this one part i think it's where they land on the island with or the planet with the natives and there's these like really generic looking like skull bats flying by and they just look like they're like they look like they're just sketched like not really actually inked and drawn and part of the scene like everything else you know, and like it feels a little too comics with an X sometimes. You know, it's yeah, it's interesting that Sean said outdated, especially in the in the um, you know when you think about it in terms of like an '80s metal uh, album cover. It also reminds me of like someone trying to emulate Robert Crumb, but in like a really bad way. It kind of reminded me of like heavy metal too. Like the magazine, sure. yeah, I love that magazine. The, the, <clears throat> and then the uh, the animated series that they did as well, or movie, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I I share all the same criticisms that Kale and Sean have out- outlined, but I do think there were times where it did really work. Like I said, I think um, Zeret's use of co- use of color is really good. Uh, he uses a lot of really bright neon colors. And those have a real tendency to get ugly and, like, overwhelming if they're not used well. And it, when it was nothing but color, there was a lot of times where I did feel that way, um, where stuff felt, like, too shapeless. and too, Like, they were fighting that big crab monster at that one part. Uh, and it was, like, I – it was bad. Like, that was a bad piece, I thought. Um, whereas, like, I remember I think it was in the third issue, uh, this, the encounter with the space whale – I thought that was great, and specifically the scene where it's a close-up on his face, 
and it's split in half between two panels. Uh-oh. The background is yellow on one, and his face is red. Yeah, yeah. And then the colors are inverted on the other, and he's like, "Not on!" Like you know, they're like, "Oh, they're trying to kill him," and he's like, "Not on my watch!" Like, let's get to your battle stations. And it's like there are moments like that that are really well crafted and feel really awesome. And um, and some of the gore too, at, at like that part where they fight uh, the vikers and he blows up the one guy and you literally see him explode and like the um onomatopoeia is like written in gore yeah you know and it's like and he like just pops you know and there are cool moments there are moments where the aesthetic works in its favor but it feels so inconsistent between when things are psychedelic when they feel like they shouldn't be and like when sometimes things feel traditional and then immediately afterwards feel totally like all over the like it reminds me of um that like Fleischer like noodle style of where like form doesn't matter and things are constantly moving and it makes you uneasy but like it's not Fleischer is a animator um for those of you who don't like um like the single line guy something similar no, 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 like no no, Max no Fleischer? It's 1920s yeah Max Fleischer like um Betty Boop or like oh, okay. um like early Superman, early but, Betty uh Mickey Mouse cartoons yeah, but I, I specifically am saying Fleischer because Fleischer's style was different than Disney's, and the, the Superman stuff isn't representative of what I'm talking about. Like, the more classic, like, um, I, I can't think of other pieces from that. Like, Popeye is even kind of like this, where none of the things have normal, traditional kind of forms, right? Like, everything is kind of, like, gangly, and it's always moving, and, like, it, it, it looks more fluid in the animation, where it's, like, you would see, like, the example of Disney, right? Like, Mickey bounces up and down, but his body's always the same shape, you know? It's not, like, where Popeye eats spinach, and then his arm stretches all the way fucking out, and it's, like, all, like, it, it, it gives you an uneasiness to the design, and it feels less, it's, like, rubber bandy, and, um, that is cool when it's done right, and there are times where I think it's used really effectively, like when they're going through the wormhole, or like where there there is a thing that's supposed to be psychedelic or like uh, you know um, mind altering. But when it's just a fight or a flashback or something that I need to be able to follow for plot, that's not good, and it's not good when it switches between those styles with like little rhyme or reason. So this is where I come in and defend it. Uh, I think the art's awesome. I think it's incredible. It's punk as fuck. It doesn't adhere to any uh, rigor or, or, or rules. It does its own thing. The panels that we're talking about where the characters blend into like the metal operating table in the back, that's all pink. I think it's great. Um, it's unique. It's distinct. And it's flashy. It looks it looks great. I, um, I think that's the main selling point of it. It... it I don't care that the scale and designs are inconsistent. It doesn't matter. It's something you read quickly and you burn through quickly because that's what it is. It's 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 punk. It's punk as fuck. Uh, I I guess just uh, I'm not punk. I'm not here for it. You know. Well, I am, and it's you're not punk if you say you are, baby. Hold on. Yeah. Are you sure? Sean, I I think I spoke I spoke on the yard, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I, I, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the oh. first one to talk about it. Oh well, whoops. Yeah. There you go. Well, right. um, for for me, uh, similar to Phil, it just it worked for me. It didn't conform to anything necessarily. It was all over the place, and for that, I thought that had a, it's it 
provided its own charm for that. Um, Lack of conformity. That's like the perfect way to summarize it. Yeah. Um, and the as to like the the way that it sort of looks like a, a metal cover. He he does cover for metal bands. He actually did uh, for Metallica one of their world tours. Um, I think in 2015. Uh, and with regard to it looking like a little bit older, he does that with using certain materials uh, on the pages. So you'll notice that they're sort of, sort of off color. They look dirtied. They look really um, worn and uh, yellowed. And so that also like helps to contrast with what's going on um, with what he's doing in his style and his coloring specifically to emulate Jack Kirby. If you notice, uh, just interesting tidbit, he doesn't color within the lines sometimes. Uh, and that is actually what helps to capture that uh, that sort of style and that look is to sort of be bombastic and be outside of that within that restraint. He he pushes outside of that, and so I think overall the style reflects the book um, artistically um, and the way that it's written, where it's just like poof, throws it out at you and flash and no substance necessarily, and it just sort of blows everything out. Uh, and it, it, it every uh, every bit of this for me doesn't fit into a mold, and that's for me why I I I, I really love it. Any uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean this this book has a very specific taste, and if if it's your thing, awesome! I'm so pumped it's here for you. But this taste uh, wasn't Perkins. This taste was not Perkins. It was not old man comics. Um, uh, you know, go buy it. Please go try it out. Uh, you know, support the creators. But it it wasn't for me. Anyone else? Um, I think I, I feel like I exist somewhere in the middle between what feel like the two extremes of this conversation. Like I had a lot of issues with the book, but I think, um. I do think it shows promise from these creators. Maybe not so much in the category of the writing. Like, I have to say that was a weak point for me. But I I think I could see a book by Zirit um, done in this style that would work for me. Because I think the art is really good. I think just maybe um, the confines of of it it, as trying to tell this story in this way because it was told so, so haphazardly. I think that might have maybe gotten in the way for it for me. Um, I think, like, overall, I would say, like, the book is short. So, like, I would say give it a shot. I think even if it's not for you, um, it's not a huge investment. And I think it's it's a good palate cleanser. Like, if you read comics a lot, if you're a regular comics reader, like, this is definitely a lot different than what you're used to. Um, and even from, like, other indie stuff. You know, like it, it is less, it, it's not traditional. It's not conforming to any of the standards that you're used to. Mm-hmm. And if that sounds like a thing that might be interesting to you, um, I would give it a shot and uh, and see if you get something out of it like um, like you guys really did, you know? Because uh, I, think, I think there is um, some real nuggets of good ideas here, whether or not they come to fruition. Um, it seems like your mileage may vary there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, oh, sorry. But, no, go for it. Um, I, I, I have a really hard time um, recommending the book because 
I know it's I know it's four issues. I know it's like ten bucks, but I feel like there are so many other books that are at that same price point that really are like really high quality. Where the creators, I'm sure these guys tried really hard. Like that's not even in question. But where the creators like really told a story that you can grasp onto. That's something that you can really get something out of. Um, that I would like if it were up to me, I would much rather see you put that money towards just because it's hard to to make any kind of comic and um you know there's a lot of competition out there so i feel like at at this time with where comics are and where the competition is at you have to come stronger than this uh and so i wouldn't recommend it um there there were some laugh out loud uh funny moments definitely and some of the action was alright, but overall, I feel like both the writing and the art contribute to the story being muddled. And I don't want to pay money for that experience. So because if I, so because I wouldn't want to do it, and I wouldn't want to I, I wouldn't want to recommend someone do something that I you know regret doing. Not not regret. I you know it was a fine read, but like I wouldn't put I wouldn't recommend someone else do what I did. You know, that's pretty yeah. much where I come down. Closing thoughts. Dark side is <laughs> anti-life equation. My God. Um, but last bit, if you had to grade it, what would you give it? Oh jeez. Oh man. I want to hear it. I <laughs> want to hear it. Letters are on a ten scale. What do you want? Uh, ten scale. Let's do yeah tens like but like points. points. So like you know, you can give like a point five, point whatever. So <sighs> for me, it's a nine. I don't mean like a point five by itself. I mean, if you want to give it like a... <laughs> so, Marco, Marco, you're going to set it at a nine. Yep. Okay. I mean, I... for me, a four is generous. And that's where I'm putting oh, it. Like That's harsh. Um, I'm, I'm like more in the, I would say, like six, five category, like 6.5. Um, that's... I think very middle of the road. I, I gotta, I gotta ask Marco if this is a nine. What is Saga? Oh, Saga's like a ten. Saga's definitely like he, Saga's so at, like out of the this like, and Saga Saga's are one a point off. fourteen. <laughs> well, for like for for different reasons. For, okay, I mean, fair yeah. apples and oranges. Fair. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, fair yeah. Enough. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with a two, Th- a three, a three, a three. Okay. Uh, Meet in the middle. Two point five. Seven, seven and a quarter. Okay. Have you guys read anything similar to this or like this before? Probably. Um. <laughs> probably yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen a Grindhouse movie like. <laughs> that you can that you can remember and like, recall upon. Um. I I wouldn't say that I've read anything exactly like this. I'd say that I have read versions of the two things this feels like a synthesis of which is like kind of generic space comic and then like underground goth and punk comics for the next i'm sure i've read shit like this like um if you know if you're familiar with invader zim uh jordan vasquez has done a ton of like his career before that show was in underground goth comics and a lot of his stuff is kind of like this but obviously it's darker and grittier and you know it's about serial killers and shit not weird alien guys in space but um that kind of formless 
shapeless art with the more surrealist themes or a loose story and craziness like i have read things like this before but it's it is its own unique thing i would say i was warned about books like this in sunday school you would be my mother said to stay away you never know what you'll catch (laughs) (laughs) uh kale sean either one i i haven't read anything quite like this no Well, there um, you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah, nothing quite like this, but like similar to what Pete said, like I, I have read things with the style that have flavors of this. Yeah, I mean, even if you just go with, um, you know, like the mainstream comics, like the. Uh, you know the original sin stuff where you see you know the watcher is murdered and his eyes are taking it taken out like you know there are uh, there is like cosmic stuff um you know that happens even even if you kind of look into jack kirby's um big uh, art like if you look at jack kirby's art outside of the big two it is very just like out there and and um, like bananas. Um, yeah. So Surrealist like realist sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm you know, uh, and and I I joked about you know having watched a gr- a grindhouse feature, but I mean like that's that would be the closest thing I would uh, equate this to is you know it's a it's a grindhouse space comic yeah i mean i think that's pretty accurate like those movies have a very similar kind of like punk rock gritty ethos you know i think that's pretty apt actually yeah no totally and um thank you guys for joining me here uh i was really hoping this would be divisive and i'm glad it was (laughs) Uh, so yeah thanks again uh and next month we're going to be tackling all-star superman uh that's definitely up Phil's Alley, uh, we're going to be doing an in commemoration for the thousandth issue of Superman, which uh, will feature Bendis as well. So fun stuff for Phil. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys again. Uh, and we'll see you next time for our next book club. Uh, Grant Morrison writes All-Star Superman. No, he meant... Because he Bendis meant is taking over the title. Yes. Action Comics. That was Action the best. Comics. We'll see you next time. <laughs> oh, did you not end it? <laughs> Bye. Stop the pie.